lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome back to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and I'm once again with everyone's favorite co-host, a man of many hats and talents. He'll go for it on fourth and five. He'll swing on a 3-0 count. It's the fearless Ben Enos. Ben, welcome to week six. Well, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, Thanks for asking. <laughs> week five didn't quite have the dramatics that week four did. Uh, we did have three teams drop out of the top 20, but maybe the most shocking result coming in a quickly thrown together game between Clayton Valley and former number 17 Benicia uh, last night uh, on Monday. Uh, the Eagles were left without a home game after stellar prep of Hayward canceled on them. And Panthers, uh, I guess, had an opening and, and they were able to make it work, but didn't go well for Benicia, 48 nothing shutout. So I think that was a game that we thought might be a little closer. Anything else? uh jump out to you this this past week ben no it was kind of a we talked about this during the week last week it was kind of from a premier matchup standpoint there were a few really key games but then also kind of some of those middle of the road games where you wanted to find out what some teams were all about um i think we did in some aspects uh and there were still questions left over in other aspects, and you referenced the Monday night football game here in Concord, um, definitely a surprising result, I think, for everybody because we, we rated Benicia so highly. But, you know, props to the Panthers and Craig Holden for taking the game. I know that it took a little bit of uh, work to put something together for those two schools. So, you know, props to both of them for making it happen and, and getting the kids a game, which was the important part. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you know, week five, I think really it, it reinforced something to me that I think has started to become apparent early in the season. It's a two horse race if you want to talk about best leagues in Northern California. Um, the West Catholic Athletic League is predictably insane. And Bellarmine's win over Central Catholic proves that again. Um, meanwhile, if you go a little further north, the Sierra Foothill League is even more loaded, possibly. And even if we think Folsom is a cut above, then give me a Rockland, a Granite Bay, a Deloro, an Oak Ridge, all of those teams that we're now into the league season and we're going to start seeing them absolutely bashing each other every week. So, um, you know, week five reinforced that the competition level right now is, is just super high. Yeah, and you didn't even bring up uh, the East Bay Athletic League Mountain Division, which Clayton Valley's in. And, and I, I want to say that there's at least, I don't know what the combined record is uh for that league right now but you know what i'm gonna look it up real quick because i'm curious that league is a collective 19 and three uh and we know that de la salle doesn't technically fall into that uh league title race but obviously some really good really good teams in that league too but i, I would agree with your assessment right now uh you're looking for a good game to watch each week you don't have to go beyond the the west catholic athletic league or the sierra foothill league because there's there's doozies every time, seems like. Uh, you went and checked out Heritage last week, kind of a off the radar game just to see see a new squad. What what did you think of the Patriots? Yeah, it's interesting when we. <clears throat> I'll pull back the curtain a little bit for everybody. When we decide what games we're going to go to, we have the luxury of not being governed by uh, what we used to when we worked at the newspaper, we can actually pick out a, a place to go that will make for a good story and try and bring that to, to folks. So I did get a chance to go out to heritage, which is closer to your neck of the woods than mine. Um, and what I found was a very, very young team that's growing each and every week. Um, the game itself wasn't super competitive. Um, Logan was missing their quarterback, Marcus Sanders, who was out for the week. And that was a big deal. I think if, if Marcus had played and I've seen them earlier this year, I think it would have been a much closer game. Um, and so Heritage was able to grab a lead and kind of pull away. Um, Devin Rivers is another star in the making, and you'll be able to read about that on Sports Stars Mag later this week. Um, he's just like his dad, his brother, his sister, the whole Rivers family. They are star athletes. And so he is uh, the last one in a long line of quality athletes from that family. 
I will say more than the um, than the game itself. I had a really nice chat with Logan's coach Eddie Smith, and I walked away really impressed with his outlook on his guys. They're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with all kinds of stuff. Guys who've changed schools, um, but he was super positive and super forward looking. I really enjoyed my conversation before the game with Coach Smith. Um, and then on the other side, it was it was really fun to be in a great high school environment again. Heritage put on an absolute show off the field on Friday night because it was their first home game since 2019. Um, it was homecoming. There were students everywhere. The energy was just really great. And so it was it was fun to be a, a part of that and, and get a chance to experience it. So props to the administration at Heritage for putting that on. Um, while I got to go out your way and spend the evening in East Contra Costa and fight the Delta breeze a little bit, <laughs> you uh, ventured uh, more towards my neck of the woods and uh, went to Oakland to see McClymans and Marin Catholic. What, uh, what were your impressions from the Mac house? I did go to McClymans, but before I dive into my thoughts from that game, I, I just wanna pay you a compliment and naturally use it as a shameless plug for the Sports Stars website. But you produced a video from that Heritage game that we included as part of our weekly NorCal Football Sunday wrap package. And I thought it really spoke to the atmosphere you were just talking about. If, if you watched that video, you'd be hard-pressed to tell if, if it happened last weekend or pre-pandemic, which is really cool, as, as you pointed out. As for McClymans, yes, I went to check out the Warriors, who I still think are flying a bit under the radar. We have them ranked number seven in NorCal, and they looked very much the part against a very good Marin Catholic team. They have a very dynamic offense led by four-year quarterback Dreon Paul. He passed for three TDs and ran for two more against the Marin Catholic defense that already logged a shutout against El Cerrito and held Casa Grande and its NCS record quarterback, Jacob Porteous, friend of the pod, to just seven points. The Warriors put up 33 points and looked darn good doing it. So I was impressed, obviously. Uh, I also liked what I saw out of Marin Catholic. I think they were a little overmatched, but – in their division, they're going to be tough to beat, for sure. Two good teams. Mac is the real deal. Uh, and actually, their, their game against Menlo Atherton this week will be interesting as well. This is their first road game, and we'll talk about that when we get the picks, I assume. There have been years where McClymans hasn't needed a quarterback to be really, really good. So the fact that they do have a very good quarterback this year, I think, puts them even higher in my estimation just Definitely. because that the system that coach Peters has in place uh, I have seen it personally where they have gone to northern California regional games and they haven't been able really to throw the ball consistently and still win games and be competitive now that they can with a four-year guy quarterback uh, I think you're right that under the radar maybe not for long right absolutely it, I've and I talked a lot about that offense, but their their defense was really good too. They they had eight sacks against uh, Marine Catholic quarterback uh, Michael Ingracia, who's a very mobile quarterback, very good at throwing on the run. But he was on the run a lot, and uh, you know, anytime you get eight sacks in a game uh, on a mobile quarterback like that, it's pretty impressive too. Now we're in week six, and this week basically completes the first third of the season. We'll be eleven weeks away from the CIF bowl games after this Saturday. So I thought I would give you a quick fill the gap segment um and i will ask you the team that has surprised you the most so far is the team that has surprised me the most so far this season is i'm going to give you two teams <laughs> if one is good more is better um the first is bellerman of san jose um you never know what a coaching change can bring, especially with a longtime coaching staff walking out the door. Um, and yes, this is year two. We're going to call it year one and a half for Coach uh, Beachman at Bellarmine. But having had a chance to see that new offense and see the program all together, um, that the level that they are playing at surprises me because they are much further along than I would have guessed. So Bellarmine is first for sure. The second, and you've alluded to their opponent this week, but the second is Monta Vista. And again, it's because of a coaching change. And this is not year one and a half for CJ Anderson. This is like year less than a half for CJ Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> so he joined the program super late in the summer. 
He had to put his systems in place on the fly. I talked to him before the season and it was, the conversation was very much about the, the basics, you know, making sure that guys were tough, making sure that they could be fit and conditioned and do the things that he expected as a former NFL player. Um, that's not easy to go in and put that stuff in, in a couple of weeks. Um, but Montevista's three and oh, and it was a good solid win over Liberty last week. And they're getting ready for another big one this week against El Cerrito. So I am surprised that Monta Vista has hit the ground running uh, so quickly. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting a chance to uh, put some eyes on them this week against El Cerrito. Two excellent answers. I, I, I would agree with you on both of those, 100%. Bellarmine was the first that came to my mind uh, for sure on that one. That was a, an impressive win uh, over Central Catholic last week in one of the few uh, battles between ranked teams that we, we had on the board. So good for the Bells. Let's see if they can keep it going. Uh, you mentioned Monta Vista, and I've mentioned El Cerrito. That's a big game this week, certainly one we'll talk about uh, during picks as far as breaking down stuff. But uh, you are taking the opportunity to visit El Cerrito, go back. You know, they say they say you can never go home again, but you can do interviews there. I don't know. Maybe they don't say that. But anyways, you're going back to El Cerrito to visit a practice, talk with some of the players and coaches, get a, a feel for um, – a three and one team that is also kind of on the surprise list as well. So uh, why don't you set us up? Tell us a little about um, what you got going on and uh, take us in, into that, that practice. Yeah, absolutely. There are, um, it, there are weeks in which I will jump outside my comfort zone and you will as well, where we try and go talk to somebody new and, and find a story in some place that we've never been. This is not one of those weeks. This is a very familiar week for me. I had a chance to uh, head out to my alma mater and talk to uh, coach Jacob Rincon and a couple of the catalysts for what I think is one of the best defenses in Northern California, an El Cerrito unit that has experience. They have talent. Uh, they have incredible numbers through the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, and they're going to be tested this week against a Monta Vista team that we, we just referenced. Uh, I had a chance to uh, take the trip out to Ashbury Avenue and get a chance to sit down with uh, senior defensive back Robert Freeman, who is um, one of the top defensive backs in the region this year, four-year varsity guy. Uh, and then junior Warren Smith, who is a six-foot-three cornerback who is not escaping the notice of local and uh, national college recruiters. Um, it's just a a good time to be a gaucho and we had a chance to ask them what uh, life is like in the program right now and how they are preparing for this week's big game in danville all right well we're on the road this week and we're paying a visit to ashbury avenue and el cerrito to chat with a couple el cerrito high gauchos that are off to a fast start this season first let's throw some pretty impressive numbers at you the Gauchos are 3-1 after four weeks with a defense that has allowed a grand total of 26 points. Their only loss was a 6-0 defeat against a Marin Catholic team that in its other three games this year has scored a total of 112 points. So, we've got a couple defensive stars to chat with us. Robert Freeman is a senior who has starred for the varsity team since he was a freshman. And Warren Smith is a 6-foot-3 or 2. Six foot two junior defensive back who's getting more and more interest on the recruiting trail and is one of the breakout stars in Northern California early this season. Guys, welcome. Well, Robert, let's start with you. This is year number four for you on the varsity squad here. What makes this year's team different from the last three and how much has the program developed over these last couple of years? Um, I think what makes this year team better or like uh, more developed is like we all have been playing as a team and you know we all have been disciplined and our coach been preaching it like every day we got to be disciplined fast and physical you know so everybody just been doing that and most of these guys played together for three years so it's a lot of a lot of chemistry has been built so we come together as a team and got better Warren, I'm gonna I'll ask you specifically about these first four games of the year what did you learn from the first week against Marine Catholic and what's gone so right over the last three weeks for you guys? Uh, week one, Marine Catholic, uh, we played good, but uh, our defense only allowed six points, but it shouldn't have been zero. We had a lot of missed tackles, 
uh, after week one, we fixed that. Did a lot of drills, tackling and stuff at practice. So we fixed that, and then we got our offense together because we had zero points that game. Offense has been working, coming out early, doing early outs before practice starts and getting better. So offense start putting uh, more points on board, and defense keeps, uh, keeps getting better and better every game as we can progress. So. Robert, we touched on the fact that this is your fourth year on varsity, and coincidentally, it's also year four for Coach Rincon as the Gauchos head coach. So you two have been together all four years and have helped continue a great football tradition here at El Cerrito. What makes Coach Rincon so effective with you guys, and how much have you learned from him over these last four years? I learned a lot from him, and how I learned was how he, you know, mentored every player going through the season. Like, my freshman year when he was coaching our varsity team, you know, it was a lot of great players that are, like, in Pac-12 and everything now. And I was just on the sidelines watching him, Coach Jake just telling me to do this and go like this, go about it this way. You know, he's a real honest man from the heart. So I know anything he tells me is not going to be, like, a bad thing. He always going to tell me to do the right thing. So I just been listening to Coach Jake, and we've been building that relationship. You know, spending a night at his house. You know, it's like family. All right, let's lock in on this week's game. You guys are heading out to Danville to take on a Monta Vista team that started the year strong, and is always one of the quality bigger schools in Northern California. Warren, what do you guys need to do to be successful this week? Uh, obviously, they're a very good team, very well put together team. They got a nice run game, nice pass game. Uh, I feel like if we execute and do what our coaches tell us to do, then we should uh, be able to come out on top. Let's. Uh, I'm going to ask both of you this, and I'm going to start, Warren, with you. That when we see El Cerrito football on social media these days, there's always a hashtag that is included that has always been used at this school, and Coach Rincon and the coaching staff has embraced it. It's hashtag Gaucho Pride. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It means that if you put on that... If you put on a gaucho jersey, you're going to go on a, go out on that field and give everything you got, every play. Every day, every practice, every morning, give everything you got. Same question, Robert. What does gaucho pride mean to you? Gaucho pride is, you know, once you put on that jersey, you do everything with, like, pride. Everything got to be, like, 100% worth ethic, everything, you know, because it's, it's legends around here, you know, that they can't just let us just go through whatever, like, through the motions or whatever, because they always tell us, you know, keep our head high. And, you know, just work hard. Work hard every day. What, uh, and I'll finish with this for both of you. What is this year's team, as you get ready for the league season, capable of? How far can El Cerrito football go this year? Uh, we, we preach it every day at practice. We're trying to go to state, trying to win state. So, um, I think, you know, our team can go far. We just keep playing how we plan, you know, being disciplined, physical and stuff. Is we can almost go all the way. I feel like we can go to state. We've been preaching it every every day, so that's what the team is looking forward to. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside-down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now, back to the show. That was definitely a road trip that paid off. We'd like to thank the El Cerrito coaches and players for letting Ben join them for an afternoon. That's going to be a really good matchup on Friday night. Now it's time to get our chat in with the old ball coach. It's our weekly drop-in with Coach Terry Edson. Let's see what's grinding his gears this week. It's now time for the show's weekly visit with Coach uh, Terry Edson, who joins us today with what I thought might be significantly less steam escaping his ears than he had last week, but maybe not. Uh, I'm guessing the mood on the De La Salle campus this Monday was far better than a week ago, uh, but what do you got for us? Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes, the mood is much brighter <laughs> this week. Kids, football players, I saw them actually smiling on campus today, so that was, uh, I felt it was a good sign. I'd like to point out, too, that we have a new president this year. David Holquin from, uh, came over from Justin Siena, and I reminded him on Friday that he was three games into the season, and he'd already uh, lost a huge streak, and congratulations. I asked him if he'd seen Celtic Pride and said, you're the bad luck guy. One of the great movies of all time, having a sports movie, Celtic Pride, if you've not seen that movie. But... Um, 
I'd like to talk a little bit about the end of the Raider game last yesterday. It's one of my pet peeves, in the game of football. And, um, and that is, if you watch the game, the Raiders were up by nine points. They just kicked a field goal. There's 20 seconds left. The Steelers had no timeouts. And in my mind, when the game is over, this is football. And, you know, injuries occur at all times. And this is just a lesson for football in general, I think, for coaches and all that. When the game is over, the game is over. Your number one job, I think, at this point should be to protect your players. And what did the Steelers do? They threw a five-yard drag route to Deontay Johnson, gets tackled, and we left the game. He hurt his knee. But why run a play? Why are the Steelers running a play? Ben Roethlisberger should have taken the snap, taken a knee, handed the ball to the ref, gone in the locker room. I don't understand why pros do that. You can get injured, and it could be a career-ending injury on any given play. And I understand we're just playing football, but there's no reason to play football in that situation. And I think I, I see this in high school a lot, too. Um, you know, when the game's over, the game's over. Quit throwing the ball. Don't get your quarterback whacked. Don't get your receivers whacked. Run a dive. Just play, you know, and let the string out. And then there's guys on the field that have not been out there. Get them on the field. Give them some experience. You're not going to win the game. I've been trying for years, and I've been talking to Ron Nichetti. Still haven't gotten it passed. I want it when, in California especially. When there's a running clock, no more kickoffs. Just put the ball, when a team scores, put the ball in the 25 and let's go. Because how many times it's happened to me, it's happened to a lot of teams, you're up by a good amount of points and the other team has gotten, you know, your starters have been out for a quarter and a half and they're going to kick an onside kick. Nobody in high school has a complete another unit to send for a, a, an onside kick. And you don't want to be sticking linemen out there and all that that have never caught an onside kick. I just, to me, in that situation, we're running the clock, put the ball down, let's let the kids play, you know, just let's go. It just drives me nuts to see things like that. So I just wish, you know, coaches just to remind ourselves, our number one priority is keeping our players safe as much as possible. Now that your soapbox portion is complete, let's get to our topic for this week. This one actually came to me while watching the Emmys on Sunday night. During one of the commercial breaks, Netflix debuted the first teaser trailer for its series based on Colin Kaepernick's young life and his high school experiences and how they shaped him. And the preview features several glimpses of Pittman High School uh, in Turlock. Shout out to the Pride. And so I was thinking, now that another NorCal high school football program is getting a little bit of Hollywood shine, we thought we'd ask you about your experience in that department. So what do you remember most about that process uh, when the game stands tall movie was made I believe we're almost uh, almost nine years ago it was in production and maybe seven years ago it was released but what do you remember about that what was it like watching a movie in which you were a central character <laughs> well first of all I want to get something straight here so I want to make sure I got this so while that great game Kansas City and Baltimore was going on you watch the Emmys yes <laughs> yes that correct I am here for correct? this <laughs> I am well, on your side. Uh, I will defend myself and say that I watched the Emmys on DVR. So I, I okay. watched the football game. Okay. okay, yes, modern technology. So, yes, the Spartans, <laughs> Hollywood. Yes, that was uh, that was quite an experience uh, for myself and my family. It was really nice. Um, first of all, they did their research. You know, they just didn't read the book and then shoot the movie. They actually tracked us. For about two years, they came to team meetings, they came to games, they wanted to really get a feel of what the Spartans were about. So I always appreciate that about them. The, uh, the director, Thomas Carter, he really wanted to make sure and try to encapture what he felt uh, De La Salle football is all about. So I, I always appreciate their effort. They just didn't, you know, throw us aside. And they even, uh, in the original script, of the movie, Bob has his heart attack. And then the next scene uh, are, is me running fall practice and everything is going amiss. 
coming up late, kids are fighting on the field. So it's just uh, a, a complete clown show out there. And, and I'm going, wait a second. You know, Mike, first of all, that did not happen. So that would not be true to the story. I go, and second of all, you want my daughters are going to see this film and their dad's now the head coach and everything is just a complete joke out there. Do you really want to do that to me? And they're like, oh yeah, we, we never thought of it that way before. So I did have some influence in the script as well to make sure that got knocked out. But uh, outside of that, you know, they, they did a great job. I even know that Jim Caviezel, you know, the star, uh, played the guy that played Coach Ladd, even came to our, our championship game down there in LA before they shot the film. So that was really cool. And, um, you know, they shot it during school, but the last, the last week of filming, we were out of school. So they brought our families to New Orleans because, you know, they shot it at the Mannings uh, High School there. I think it was it Bishop Cardinal something or? We'll, we'll look it up. We can find Bishop it. Car Bishop Cardinal. Bishop, yeah, I forget what it's called, but uh, they shot it there where the Mannings went to school in uh, New Orleans, and uh, it was great. Uh, it was really weird. The first night, it was a night where they're shooting at night the last week, and uh, uh, Bob and I walked onto the field, you know, and I walked out, and I were up there with our, I was with my wife, and we're walking up there, and we start walking on the field. It's like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, and everyone kind of stops, and they're looking at us, like, there they are, and it was, this is really weird and uncomfortable right now, so, uh, but, you know, we got to the film. We got to watch him shoot film. My wife actually got a cameo um, with Laura Dern. She said that you can see her for, like, 0.3 seconds. She stayed up five hours from like one o'clock in the morning to six in the morning to get I went back to the hotel they said you want your cameo good have fun but I'm not staying here so she did that uh but the best the highlight of the whole movie to be honest with you was my daughters were huge fans of Alexander Ludwig who played the running back you know from the Hunger Games and all that and oh my goodness first of all I had him get on the phone and leave a message for my youngest daughter saying, you know, hey, Hannah, I know you're dancing right now, but this is how it, <laughs> how's it going? And she totally freaked out about that. And these guys are great. They are the nicest guys. They are so accommodating to us. And then the day the we had the premiere of the film, I introduced my both my daughters to him and stuff. And they were like, you know, that was like the greatest thing ever. And it was a great, it was a great opportunity uh, for us and uh, great experience for us uh, just to be a part of that. They treated us first class when we were there in New Orleans and um, they, they showed the utmost respect, I, you know, to our program. So it, it was, I have nothing but positive things to say about that experience. Isidore Newman High School. That's it, Isidore Newman. Thank New Orleans. You. Yes, uh -huh. yeah, I knew there was a Newman in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we were um, throwing around, we were reminiscing earlier today about the game that Jim Caviezel came to. And I wonder, it's uh, his, previously, one of his main roles that he was known for was playing Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, at De La Salle, that cannot hurt your effort in a state title game to have that dude on the <laughs> sideline, right? Yeah, it can never hurt to have Jesus on your sidelines. There's no doubt about it. I guess... Uh, the only problem is if you're playing another Catholic school, then Jesus gets torn right there. Right? So uh, that becomes an issue. If you had to, uh, if you exclude when the game stands tall, do you have a favorite, uh, another favorite football themed movie? A football themed movie? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I was a huge fan of, uh, well, there's like certain scenes like watching uh, Nick Nolte get out of bed on North Dallas 40, that scene of him getting out of a bed out of a football game, I thought was a, was a classic scene in the locker room. You call it a business, you know, we, we call it a game, you call it a business. And you, then when we call it a business, you guys call it a game, one of my favorite scenes. But I think I love the movie, All the Right Moves. I, I thought that was a great uh, high school movie 
uh, with Tom Cruise, and uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed that game. It's, and of course, remember the Titans is also a great game, but a great game, is a great movie. But those were uh, off the top of my head. Those are some uh, great football movies. Remember the Titans for me, Chase. You want to weigh in? Uh, I, I would say Remember the Titans is certainly, certainly on the list for me too. Well, now that we've uh, gone Hollywood on this show. We'll come back to earth and we'll get back to local high school football and pick some games. Personally, I couldn't, uh, I'm, I'm not going to put my neck out to pick anything because apparently I won't be working for TVG anytime soon. My picks have been trash. Thank goodness the Spartans actually won a game last week and I can count on them. You count them on, you can pick them this week too if you want, Ben. I guarantee you will not lose. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing that school BYE and uh, you'll be okay <laughs> you've never uh, lost to BYE never lost to BYE in my entire life <laughs> another streak what a, <laughs> what a tremendous accomplishment thank you <laughs> uh, as I've been informed by my colleague um you sir are doing quite well in games that we have given you time to research so let's see if you can keep it going this week and i will start you off with a quality interdivision showdown uh here in the east bay las lomas who you've picked successfully before and who defeated nevado not 49 to nothing last week heads to danville to take on a san ramon valley team that rebounded from its first loss of the year and beat Antioch 21 to 17. Two good coaching staffs, two good teams, Knights, Wolves, who you got? Well, you know, it is a, it's a great game. Uh, obviously, you have a little of smaller school versus a bigger school on this one, but um, I like the direction the Knights are heading. Uh, and uh, I know they have some, they've got some really good athletes. I, I I'm waiting for Sam Ramon, right? I think they're be the first ones to say it themselves. They've, they're a little disappointing right now. And I think this game is going to be a, a good matchup for them, but um, it's at San Ramon, correct? That's yes. right. Always hard to go against the home team, but I'm taking Las Lomas in an upset in this game. All right. Intrigue already. I like it. So next up, we have a McClyman's team that I got a chance to see last week when they defeated Marin Catholic 33-22. Coach Michael Peters doesn't have a massive roster, but it's experienced and it's full of athletes. Menlo Atherton has a lot of good athletes too. They're one and two. They had a tough loss to an Oregon team. Uh, and then they, they lost to Bellarmine in a shootout in their opener. So Matt crosses the bridge, drives down the peninsula for their first road game. Uh, Menlo Atherton's got some athletes. What do you think? Yeah, you know, um, I, I like Mac in this game. I, I think, um, this is the kind of game, you know, Mac is, I think they feel a lot of times that they've been kind of disrespected over the years. And, and I understand that. And I agree with that. And I think, you know, that Marine Catholic win was a nice win. So um, I think Mac uh, is ready for mental Atherton. Uh, that is a drive for them. <laughs> Probably lost a lot of these kids have ever been in that uh, part of the world. I know I, I know I've hardly ever been in that part of the world. So. <laughs> That's a long drive over there, but uh, I agree. Max got, I think he's got too many athletes for, I know Menlo's got some kids. There's no doubt about it, but I think it's a good matchup for Mac on this game. So I'm taking Mac all the way. Right. Well, we'll stay in the South Bay to finish up. And this is a tricky one in the De Anza League. Wilcox of Santa Clara is one in three coming into a trip to Forno Los Gatos. But Wilcox's record is a little misleading in that their losses are to Valley Christian, San Benito, and Pittsburgh. So not exactly a soft non-league schedule. It's a league opener. Los Gatos is hosting. Who you got? Well, you know, uh, last year, Los Gatos and Wilcox played a one-point game, a 2019 game. Um, I just think that uh, Wilcox is not quite as good as they are last year. And I think Las Gatos is better than they were last year. So you're absolutely right though. I, you've got to take into consideration, you know, who a team has been playing. And Wilcox not going to be intimidated by Las Gatos. They've been playing good football teams and that's gonna, 
help them in this game. There's no doubt about it. I just think Los Gatos got a little more experience and they're at home. So I am going to take, I'm going two away victories, but I'm taking the home team on this one in Los Gatos. And I think they'll, uh, they'll be able to pull this game out. How big will your head be next week if you go 3-0 and again? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go 3-0 and this week. <laughs> pretty confident last way to, week. Way to, break, but, uh, way to temper uh, expectations. Well done. I think pretty soon someone's going to, you know, it's in picked against us and use it against me to fire up their team. I mean, that would be my, ultimately, that would be the ultimate compliment if someone used my name to get their kids fired up to win a game. So I, I would love that. That would be great. Terry who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what most kids would be saying. Well, thanks as always for uh, joining us. We'll see what, uh, what happens this week and we'll be back for more next week. Okay, boys. See you later. Well, yet another enlightening uh, conversation with Coach Edson. Um, the simple fact is that he has been crushing it with his selections over the last few weeks, and I really have not. Um, so we're going to try and right the ship this week. It's time for our weekly pick segment. Uh, it's my week to rattle off what games we're going to be selecting from. And, uh, and it's a good slate this week. We will hear the games that are up on the board for us to choose from. We'll each take three of these. Uh, Del Oro of Loomis is heading to number six ranked Rockland in the Sacramento area. Number seven, McClymans of Oakland is heading to the South Bay to take on Menlo Atherton. Uh, Las Lomas of Walnut Creek will take the short drive down 680 to number 12 San Ramon Valley of Danville. Back up to the Sacramento area, Indercombe will head to number 13, Jesuit and the Marauders. Uh, moving out to the Central Valley, a couple games, Cardinal Newman of Santa Rosa taking a long drive out to Stockton to take on number 15 ranked St. Mary's. Uh, down a little bit further in the Valley, Oakdale is uh, heading to Kimball in a league showdown. And then bringing it back to the East Bay, uh, we've referenced, the, referenced this already. El Cerrito uh, will head to Danville to take on Monta Vista. So with that, in honor of the Ryder Cup this week, and uh, I'll be playing the role of the hated Europeans. You can be the Americans because you spell your name the American way. Uh, it is your honor on the tee. Well, we're going to go with the game that we've been talking about for most of this episode. I'm just going to get out of the way, get my, uh, get my pick on the board here for this one. So my respect for your alma mater's football team jumped greatly this week after I saw Marin Catholic play at, McCl at McClyman's. Marin looked awful good in that loss, and, that, and the fact that El Cerrito held the Wildcats to just six points is definitely impressive. This Gaucho's defense, who you talked, to, talked with uh, members of, is allowing less than seven points per game, and their secondary is one of the best in the East Bay which is bad news for a Monta Vista team that likes to chuck the ball. So I like the road team here, and I, I say give me El Cerrito. You can never go wrong with a uh, little gaucho pride. There you go. All right. Well, I am not going to touch that game because I'm <laughs> going to be roaming the sidelines. Uh, um, so uh, no thanks for me. Uh, I'm punking out. But I am going to start in the Sac Joaquin section with a team that I picked against last week. Del Oro of Loomis. Actually, I picked Del Oro last week and they uh, fell. They are traveling to number six, Rockland. It's week two for the Sierra Foothill League. Uh, Rockland opened the league season with a 39-7 win over Whitney, uh, while Del Oro fell 28-14 to Granite Bay. That was Dio's first loss of the year, and uh, that win over Clayton Valley earlier this year looks even better now that we've seen what Clayton Valley did to Benicia uh, in Monday Night Football this week. But Rockland's at home. It's their fifth straight home game to start the year. And I'm going to assume they're pretty comfortable at this point. Give me Rockland and lock that up. Oh, we're going to share locks this week. All right. You, you lead off round two, and then I'll, I'll jump on my Rockland lock after you give me your next pick. All right. I'm saying I'm staying in the Central Valley. Uh, for a non-league showdown, it's Cardinal Newman heading to Stockton to take on St. Mary's. We've talked about St. Mary's a fair amount this year. Cruz Herrera is back. He's healthy. He's playing quarterback again. And the Rams are coming off of one-sided wins over St. Ignatius and Bishop O'Dowd in their last two games. 
We should also mention a player that we both like very much, Jaden Marshall, and how he's being used. Because according to the Max Preps numbers, he leads the Rams and carries this year. So uh, pay special attention to that. He can do it all. Uh, Cardinal Newman is 3-1, and one, wins over Vacaville Vintage and De Anza. But those have all come at home in the Redwood Empire. And driving from Santa Rosa to Stockton is a haul. So I'm going to again side with the home team, and I am going to take St. Mary's of Stockton. All right. So uh, as I mentioned, we were going to have the same lock this week. I'm locking in Rockland as well. Uh, It's actually the second time I I will be rolling with the Thunder as my lock. Uh, Delaro will be hungry after rival Granite Bay handed them their first loss of the season, but I – I just think the quarterback Kenny Luth and the Rockland offense is going to be too much for them to bounce back against. Rockland is at home. I just I'm I'm putting the thunder down. So. You're rolling with the thunder. I yes, see what I you am did rolling there. with the thunder. Look at you turning phrases. That's yeah, right. So for my last pick, I'm gonna take a shot at this Valley Oakley game we got on the board. Mainly so I could talk about the ridiculous numbers that Kimball quarterback Nicholas Coronado has posted through four games. He's completed 83 of 105 passes for a 79% completion rate. Those 83 completions have gone for 1,565 yards, averaging just shy of 19 yards per completion. He's thrown for 18 touchdowns and only three interceptions, and he's got two receivers who are each over 500 yards receiving already in Willie Clifton and Mason Rivera. The Jacks need a signature win, though, for these numbers to really pop, and I think it's coming this week in an upset over Oakdale. I mean, I only say it's an upset. I mean, they're both – they're both undefeated. I only say it's an upset because Oakdale has the history of being very dominant in that league. Kimball's kind of the up-and-comer. Um, I like the team from Tracy. I'm, I'm taking Kimball. I'll tell you what's the real upset is that you picked against Oakdale. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, also, 19, 19 yards of completion, is that good? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he could play in the modern NFL or college football where stretching the field horizontally is in vogue. Clearly, they're they're putting the ball down the field. Yeah, which is good. He could play for the Raiders. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I will wrap it up. My final pick uh, is in the South Bay. Number seven ranked McClymans heading down the freeway to take on Menlo Atherton. Coach Edson referenced it, it's actually it's a little bit longer drive than you would assume, um, and they're going to be heading down there on a Friday, so. There's going to be some traffic to deal with. But um, if you take a look at at the team's records and their numbers, Menlo Atherton is one and two, but I really can't shame them for losing to uh, Bellarmine and Tualatin of Oregon, neither of which has a loss yet this year. Um, We know Menlo can put up points. 33 points is their lowest output of the year. But with all that said, uh, the transitive property – that you have applied to El Cerrito, I'm going to apply with McClymans here saying that uh, that defense will travel. And since they have a ton of talent, they're battle tested. And even though they haven't gone on the road yet, uh, I, I believe in the Warriors. So give me the Warriors on the road with a win over Menlo Atherton this week. That takes us to rapid fire. And uh, am I leading off this week? Am I giving you games or are you giving me games? I can't remember who went first last week. Doesn't matter. You pick it. Okay. I'll start it. Here we go. We are going to start with uh, a rivalry in the south end of the Tri-Valley area. I will be giving you the Pleasanton rivalry. Two teams that are combined 7-1, and Amador Valley at Foothill. Who you got? Well, I got that you need a map because that game is on Santa Rita Road, my brother. <laughs> and it's on the board for you later. So I have, uh, I have considered <laughs> this game. Both teams good so far. Uh, Amador just a little bit uh, better, I would say. And I'm going to take the Dons. Okay. All right, here we go. A game that would not – this is a game that would not have jumped out on paper two to three weeks ago. But Vanden at Rancho Katati, sneaky good matchup this week. Are the unbeaten Vikings for real, or do the good vibes end in Ronert Park? What say you? Spent a lot of uh, fun evenings watching football in Ronert Park, California. And uh, this is a funny story. When I set up my clipboard to go to my first game of the year this year, the last game that I had covered in person 
was an NCS championship game that was an absolute slog. It was a one touchdown game in which Rancho Katate beat Las Lomas. So uh, I have a lot of history with this program. I'm going with Rancho Katate. Now, how about some uh, Sac Joaquin small school action in the Central Valley? Undefeated Hillmar travels to Ripon to face an Indians team that's won three straight. Who's winning this Trans Valley League game? Uh, I, I like the fact that every week you find a game that I have absolutely <laughs> no idea about. Um, and, and so I will, let, let me see if I've got my facts right. Ripon is across the street from Ripon Christian, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, because you pass it on to 99. Uh, I know a little bit more about Ripon from driving by it than I do Hillmar. So give me Ripon. How's that for scientific uh, method for you? Well played. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, uh, one of these games is going to be a repeat offender, but we're not going to start there. Uh, I need to make up some ground. And so I am not messing around here to start off. Uh, Granite Bay made me look foolish last week by beating Del Oro. They are heading to El Dorado Hills to take a shot at an Oak Ridge team coming off a league opening loss to Folsom. Uh, are you a Grizzly or are you a Trojan this week? Uh, I was looking at this game for you too. I almost put it down there. Um, I I was really impressed by what Granite Bay accomplished against Del Oro and they've been kind of on the rise for for a couple of weeks now uh, they're they jumped into the rankings this week uh, they're gonna debut at number 17 so uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Granite Bay but that's a that's a tough road game so we'll have to see but give me Granite Bay that's right we're going nothing, nothing but heavyweights this week yep. all right back to the NCS and to my hometown Richmond California the Dons of De Anza host the very same Heritage Patriots that I saw last week, who played pretty well against Logan, uh, but they're facing a talent-rich Dons crew that has hung tough with McClymans and Cardinal Newman. Dons and Patriots, who will it be? Yeah, that De Anza team held, held McClymans to just 22 points, so that's, that's impressive. Ugh. That one's on the road um, uh, for Heritage, I think. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say DeAnza wins that out wins that one in a squeaker. The consternation on on Chase's face right now <laughs> that you can, that you people can't see is great. It's a better matchup than people think, but I think DeAnza wins it. It's a great game. Having yeah. seen Heritage, that is going to be a very competitive game. And in in all truth, I think I may have leaned the same way you did. Uh, we will wrap it up in P Town, the Battle of P Town. <laughs> uh, back in our previous lives, we did a video from uh vic's all-star kitchen i believe uh before this game I, I think or maybe it was another game but we've done videos in pleasanton before so we know of which we speak um foothills three and one amador four no i also have family that will went to one of these schools i feel it's my obligation to mention that every time that's true um but let me put it in baseball terms for you are you a brandon crawford or are you a stephen piscotti <laughs> I am rolling T. Piscotti on this one. Uh, Amador Valley, the Amador Valley defense is ridiculous. They've given up seven points in four games. I, I just can't see that that uh, stopping this week uh, against the Foothill team that's been good. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how you beat this Amador Valley defense right now. So we'll have to see if Foothill can can unlock the answer. But give me the Dons for now. And then where are you getting uh, your pregame meal? In on Santa Rita Road. Ooh, um, if it's still there, my my go-to on Santa Rita Road is a is a place called Fiesta Taco. Hey. Yes, Fiesta Taco is quite good. Uh, secondary secondary option would be a New York Pizza. Uh, is also very good. That is what you will not get on other podcasts and shows. Okay, <laughs> we will give you our unabashed. <laughs> recommendations for where to go eat before the game maybe we'll make this a whole segment and google says fiesta taco is still there so you're in good right shape. okay i'm not going there this week because i'm not covering that game but see now i, I made you feel i just made you feel bad yeah when i when i the, when i go to finally check out that amador valley defense at some point this year maybe i will make a glorious return to fiesta taco love it fiesta forever <laughs> that's all, right. all we got that That's is it. all we got. I guess it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. So, um, 
You want me to talk about what's going to happen this week? Since again, I am being deserted because you have a social life. Oh boy. Yes. Yes. Well, you, I'm... Uh, you uh, once again will be happy to point out next week that I will have missed another game because I was out of town. That brings another episode of Summer Friday Night to a scintillating close. We want to thank the coaching staff at El Cerrito for their hospitality this week. We want to wish Warren Smith, Robert Freeman, and the rest of the Gauchos good luck with the rest of their season. And we, of course, want to thank our favorite regular contributor, Coach Terry Edson, for gracing us with his presence once again. The show is now on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for 7 Friday Night, the number 7 Friday Night, and please rate and subscribe. We build 7 Friday Night using Anchor. You can leave us a voice message on Anchor by visiting anchor.fm slash the number 7 Friday Night. Each of our episodes also gets their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there or find links to the various other platforms and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include as well. Our cover art was designed by me using a photo by the late great Noah Vondergroben, and our theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips. He plays in multiple bands in the Sacramento area, and hopefully we'll have some uh, show dates for you soon to check them out. And that's pretty much it. It's, uh, it's sign-off time, Ben. It is another great week of high school football. Some uh, teams are in league. Some teams are getting ready for league. As you said earlier, we are at the third of the season way. Uh, so some teams, a lot of teams are on bias this week, um, trying to get right as they get ready to go into league. So another real good lineup of matchups. I am looking forward to my game that I'm going to this week, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what else goes on. If uh, you have revolutionary thoughts and feelings about a week of football that you won't be watching, <laughs> feel free. One last to, barb. To One enlighten barb. the crowd. No extraneous thoughts on on uh, the week that I will not be watching. I. I, uh, I do hope your game is as good as advertised, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it uh, afterwards. And just curious to see how it all, all plays out. And looking forward to next week uh, when I'll actually be able to get back out to a game. Uh, but I'm not going to be too disappointed uh, on my trip, though. I'll just I'll let, you, I'll let you handle the fort. You're, you're, you're capable. Well, uh... Everyone, don't be uh, shocked when the sportsstarsmag.com domain has been sold to someone next week and the <laughs> building has literally burned down. Uh, I'm Professor Run With Scissors. So, And with that, we'll leave you to the games. We'll see you next Wednesday. Have fun. Let's roll, boys. <laughs> <laughs>